Welcome back to another episode of the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, the first episode of 2019. Happy New Year, everyone. The Dynamic Leaders Podcast is where listeners can learn about leadership and other related qualities from today's most successful business people, coaches, and athletes, both former and current. At Talent 409, we help athletes discover their talent altitude through workshops and seminars while increasing their opportunities for success on and off the field. In addition to athletes, we work with coaches and administrators to enhance their education on how they can positively impact the performance of their teams and programs. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all at Talent409, and connect with me on Twitter at ColinTalent409. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. If you have time, please take a minute and give it a five-star rating and review. Help us grow and keep the podcast content strong. These ratings really do help others find the show and consume the content, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this as well as being a loyal listener to the pod. Today's highlighted rating and review comes from John Stevens, 31. On December 6th, John wrote a five-star rating with the review that said, Great pod by a truly passionate guy. Always brings in someone with a good background as well as meaningful dialect. Definitely worth a listen. Thanks, John. Appreciate the rating and review. And now it's time to move on to the podcast. Today's guest is the great Joe O'Connor, creator of Get Living. Get ready for this awesome conversation that Joe and I just had. But first, let's sit back, relax, get comfortable, and let's get into it with Montel Jordan. This is how we do Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I have the great Joe O'Connor joining me. Joe, welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. My brother, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Joe, I know, obviously, being a new dad, we're going to get through this. We're going to be as concise as possible with being a new dad, having your own business. I'm sure you're plenty busy, so we really appreciate you taking some time here. And with that, I want to just dive right into things. Get a little bit more of a background into you. Tell me, who are you? Totally, man. Uh, again, just thank you for having me on. Grateful for the the opportunity to chat with you today. Who am I? What a question. We actually grew up together. Grew up in, in Liverpool, New York. Um, played tons of sports as a kid growing up, and sports were a huge part of my life. And um, actually, I'm the youngest of three. And our family motto as a kid growing up was a quote by Lou Holtz. He was a former um, NCAA football coach, mm-hmm. and it was, in life, be a participant, not a spectator. And my parents, just at a young age, really instilled that quote and that concept and the meaning behind it in me, and I've really carried that with me throughout my life. So when I was young, like I said, getting involved in sports, really just jumping in, diving into stuff, and uh, carried that through through college where I played some lacrosse and basketball. I went to Lemoyne College. In, um, in Syracuse, and I also went to Clarkson University up north in Potsdam for a little bit, each of them. Yeah, I just kind of took on that, that mentality of, of being a participant and jumping in and getting involved and really just trying to get out and make the most of each day. And it's something that I've, I've taken into my adult life and something that I'm really passionate about. And um, yeah, like I said, just a big part of, part of who I am. Why do you think it was important for your parents to install that type of mentality, getting that quote from the Hall of Fame coach, Lou Holtz. Why, why do you think that was so important to them growing up? Well, I'm the youngest of three. I have two um, older half-sisters, and um, there's a pretty big age gap between us, and they were out of the house um, for most of my my childhood. They were already in college and then you know moved on to whatever else they were doing. 
And I think just, you know, my parents, they just wanted to, to just provide me with opportunity and to see me um, jump into stuff and get involved. And I think just be able to find, you know, what I was passionate about for myself. And I think the best way to do that now looking back and maybe what they were thinking was just to try a bunch of new things, right? So play some sports. Um, when I was in uh, sixth grade, I was the lead in the uh, musical. I was uh, Harold Hill in uh, The Music Man, which actually going into it, I didn't even really want to audition. Um, <laughs> I told, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, so like Dom Caruso and, and other guys like that, I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to do the lights and tech crew. Then the next day I came in and my name at the top of the the, the list was Joe Connor Harold Hill. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. But just, <laughs> you know, little examples like that where I'm maybe a little hesitant to get involved, but my parents were always there to encourage me and motivate me and uh, push me to try new things. And I think it really just, you know, stuck with me me over the years and it, and it really helped me, you know, find what I loved and, and, and learn more about who I am and, and kind of how I wanted to live live my life. So you go from the acting floor then to <laughs> from the stage from, first and only <laughs> from the stage to uh, basically a, a lot of sports like you said growing up obviously we played together growing up and yep. uh, in fitness just in general seems like it's been a part of your life for you know quite a long time now. Yep. What was I guess the the driving force that took you towards sports more than anything else? Was there something in particular behind that? You know, I think it was just what I always did. Um, I remember as a young kid, you know, playing Optimus basketball and in indoor soccer leagues, trying baseball. My parents, you know, while I was playing baseball, I was also trying lacrosse. So they were driving back and forth. And I think it was just, you know, the the people who I was surrounding myself with as a time at the time as a young kid, my friends, we all just played sports. So looking back, it it was really just the norm of of what we did, and you know I can imagine doing anything else, um, especially just with the impact that that they've had on me and, and the opportunities that they've they've opened up for me over the years. Yeah, talk to us a little bit more about that. You know, specifically when you say it opened up opportunities, it was a the experiences that you had and what you learned from it. What what are some of those things that you can talk to us about? For sure. So um, in high school, I played four sports. Uh, basketball was definitely um, the sport that I loved to mo- the most. It was my, my first passion, my first love. And um, I played lacrosse. And then most of high school, I played soccer, but I actually switched my senior year to play football, which in and of itself was an incredible experience. I had never played football before other than just, you know, messing around with, with my buddies in, in the yard or at the park. And I wanted to play my senior year because it's what a lot of my friends were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it'd be super cool to just be able to try it out. Um, so I did that and, and it was absolutely amazing. And then um, I went on to, to college and I went to college to play lacrosse um, at Clarkson University, as I mentioned. But pretty interesting story prior to one week prior, actually, to going to college, to moving in freshman year, I actually tore my ACL uh, playing an immense pickup league at the YMCA. So definitely a, a bit of adversity going into um, the freshman year of college. I actually ended up staying locally in Syracuse, and I went to Lemoyne for my freshman year. And the reason I did that was um, it was a pretty quick turnaround with getting the surgery, and I wasn't going to be able to move in on time. And then I also was able to, with the doctor that did my surgery, I was able to rehab you know, with his practice, which was really important, especially then turning around to go, you know, play lacrosse in college. Well, long story short, um, the plan was to um, just stay a semester at Lemoyne freshman year. Um, so that first fall semester, I ended up loving it. So I extended it to the spring semester too. But then, you know, I'm the type of person where if I commit to something, I want to I wanna give it my best and I want to try to see it through. Um, so I kind of felt this, you know, this obligation to to still transfer and go and experience what Clarkson had to offer because it was the school that I originally committed to and the school that I wanted to go to. So once I was healthy, I spent the entire year just trying to get back into shape, 
Um, that's really where my passion for health and fitness came from. Um, was because when I couldn't practice or I couldn't train, I just started reading like muscle and fitness magazines and, you know, scouring the internet for anything I could learn. And then I would waddle down to the the gym on my crutches and just try to do as much as I could. Um, So then I actually, um, I transfer up there and I spend one semester up there. It just, you know, it wasn't the it wasn't exactly what I was looking for and definitely having the ability to compare it to the year that I had prior um, at Lemoyne, which I absolutely loved. Um, I knew that it was the right choice to actually transfer back after a semester. And that's when um, I took some time off from playing sports and I actually was the manager of the men's basketball team um, on campus, which was an incredible experience in and of itself, just being able to be around a college program. And then my senior year, They had a spot open on the team, and I had the opportunity to walk on as a senior and play my senior year at LeMoyne um, with the guys, which, like I said, my passion for basketball was insane as a kid growing up. I was the kid, you know, in the driveway, freezing cold and in in the winter with my gloves on, working on my (laughs) dribbling and stuff, um, and shooting hoops with my dad. So to be able to, to have that opportunity my last year in college was was really a dream come true and something that you know I think about really on a on a weekly basis probably Um, but that opportunity because I was able to play at the collegiate level actually once I graduated college gave me the opportunity to to travel abroad and to play basketball in Sydney Australia and then also get my master's over there Um, so my partner Lindsay um, she owns a company called Team Gleese and we went to Lemoyne together And her company provides student athletes from the States the opportunity to travel overseas and get a master's and continue to play sports. So we reconnected after school and we were actually um, I was helping her a bit with the company and an opportunity came about um, for the Australian market for someone to go, an athlete to go and to test it out. And she was like, it's your shot. If you want it, you can jump on it and go do it. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. Um, I've always wanted to to go to Australia. It was something that was on my list. So I took the opportunity, went over, spent a year living in Sydney, Australia. To sum that experience up, I would say life-changing. It was absolutely amazing. The people I met, the things I was able to experience and do. um, I got my master's in international business and then also was able to play um, a little bit of college basketball again over there because overseas there's no eligibility constraints based on the four years that we play um, here in the States. And now, I guess we could tie this in, Lindsay actually just gave birth to um, a baby girl, our first daughter, and it's been amazing. And her name is actually Sydney. And we've always said that if we were going to have a daughter, her name would be Sydney based on on that incredible experience that I was able to to be a part of through. That That is so cool. So, that is so cool. That's what a journey that was. And everything that you overcame to you know, have the perspective to keep pushing through the adversity, get the opportunities that you did in the States and then overseas. And that's awesome that, you know, your daughter's named after <laughs> Cindy as well. That's uh, really cool. I want to go back and then we're going to come back to where you got us to. But first, I want to talk about the injury. And yes. I've been pretty fortunate. I mean, I've, I've certainly had my share of injuries and broken bones. Uh, I could probably give you a laundry list of different <laughs> ones, although I don't think I ever had anything as gruesome or as serious as what an ACL, MCL, those type of injuries are. And I'm interested to hear about how not only that shaped your perspective on athletics and what you were going to do moving forward for those you know four remaining years that you had of eligibility in college, but also just how that shaped your perspective on life and maybe how it changed the way that you thought about things. Yeah, I think that's that's a great question. It taught me a lot, man. Playing sports, as I mentioned in high school, it was it was really a huge part of what we did. And to kind of have the opportunity to then go take the next step and play in college was again, a big part of, of who I was potentially going to be and become. So when I tore my ACL, it was tough. Like if we're going to talk about it in the moment, the day that it happened and, and the, the, 
the few short weeks after of, of turning around and getting into surgery and starting recovery and then switching schools and all that, it was, it was brutal. And at 18 years old, you know, just, you know, where I was at mentally and my mindset, it was tough. And I think at the time, it was hard to see past what was actually happening. You know, I was definitely living in, oh my God, I tore my ACL. Now I have to transfer schools. I can't play sports. What am I going to do? Kind of a negative mindset around it. But I think I, you know, in, in, in talking about the mentality of being a participant that my parents instilled in me, I knew that it wasn't over. I knew that it wasn't the end. And with having, you know, my parents are incredible. My family's amazing. Um, great friends and and just support and love around me. Um, I knew that, you know, I was going to come out on the other side of it. And I've always just kind of had that that feeling and that self motivation inside to always keep pushing and always keep going, even though if you know a roadblock or a setback or you know maybe you encounter some failure, whatever it is. I've always just had that kind of that resiliency to, to try to keep going and to keep pushing. And, and that's exactly probably what I learned from that moment in tearing my ACL, because it was a long, a long four year journey to then to get back on the basketball court and be able to play and practice in college. You know, I, I was just a walk on, which, you know, walk ons have their specific role within the team. So it's not like um, for me in my situation, particularly, I wasn't you know, getting a lot of time on the court or or being able to play much, but I was there every day at practice and it taught me to kind of embrace my role and to to just to go out every day and you only can kind of control what you can control and just to give my best. You know, if if I could, if I could be giving my best and and just working hard and and busting my ass every day and and trying to get better for myself, but then also to to help my teammates and my team get better, um, that's really all I could control in that moment and in that experience. And actually when we just started the season that year, I actually got mono like a couple weeks into, into the season, which was also tough because here I am, it's the only year that I'm going to get to play and be a part of the team. And now I'm sidelined for a bit uh, because, because I have mono. So um, yeah, just like, you know, with ACL with, with that mono experience, I just kind of touched on small, small, Um, moments looking back on them but in the moment certainly they were tough tough to navigate but I think I just learned that that resiliency and like I said I always had that desire to want to always just try to get better and and keep pushing forward and you know see what was what was going to come next from something it sounds to me that maybe you didn't even identify it as this at the time but just walking, you know, when you walk us through what that experience was like and the things that you were doing and the attitude and the mindset that you had, it seems to me as though you were portraying the leadership mentality and the things that we talk about at Talent 409 and that I talk about on this podcast. Do you think that you had the leadership mentality and that was something that you were trying to portray, knowing that maybe you couldn't contribute as much on the court, but you could do things off the court for your team? Or do you think it was just something by chance that happened? What what do you think when it comes to leadership? I mean, you know, now being a business owner and and things like that, but as far as that experience when you were playing college basketball and learning and even maybe through high school about the leadership things that you learned, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think when it comes to leadership, you know, you, you can always control who you are. You can control your actions. You can control your words. You can control how you show up every day, whether, you know, in the, in the, when it comes to sports and athletics, you can show up, you know, and how you practice and prepare and, and how you feel your body and how you treat your teammates and treat other people and, and how you carry yourself on and off the field. Um, and then when it comes to business, you can do the same thing. You know, you can control how you treat people, that you interact with, you know, through your business connections and, and how you, you know, portray yourself through your, your brand and your company and how you go about the processes of what you do and how you provide your services. Um, I think looking back on that, um, it was something that was certainly a part of me. And the reason I say that is because in high school, I had the opportunity to be a 
be captains of teams and to to be seen as that leader and someone that you know people could go to to um, you know talk to or for motivation or to um, just be there for other people. So in times of adversity or in new situations where maybe I didn't have a main role, but I still had a role and I was a part of of the greater um, the greater whole. I think I just naturally try to you know just give as much as I could within in the role that I had. Um, I wasn't trying to overstep or to do more. I was just trying to, um, as I said, show up every day and, and give my best and, and do as much as I could within um, the role that I had in that in that given experience. Do you have a coach or and or a player that you played with either in high school or in college that really helped shape the type of values and the type of person that you are? Yeah, I would say it's a good question. Let's see. I would think that who shaped me the most were actually my parents and, and the, the values that they instilled in me and the relationship that we had and how they kind of taught me to carry myself as a kid growing up was how I tried to carry myself you know, on the court or on the field, or in whatever situation I was doing. Yeah, I think, I don't know if there's a specific person athletics-wise that stands out, but I would say potentially my coach, um, Steve Evans at, at LeMoyne, who I played for, um, more so just for the opportunity. You know, I was the manager the year before. Um, he didn't have to give me a spot on the team or open up the spot for me, Um so I think in looking in that situation, I think that's pretty cool. And I think it says a lot about him as an individual, um, about, you know, giving someone a shot and, and letting them, you know, fulfill something that they're passionate about in, in a dream of theirs. So he's someone that definitely, definitely stands out to me. And then um, I think just over the years with, with having a lot of different coaches, I think every coach has a different mentality and a different way. Um, of going about doing it and, and leading a team and, and being the head of, uh, of others. And, you know, I think there's, I've had, I've had fantastic experiences with coaches that have taught me, you know, the values of, of hard work and, and, and teamwork and persistence as we've, and perseverance as we've, we've talked about. Uh, but then I've also had some negative experiences and I've, I've been under leadership with coaches that weren't the best leaders or didn't, necessarily connect well with the team or know how to relate to different types of athletes or different types of individuals. Because I, I really feel that leadership is, there's a big emotional intelligence, intelligence side to it. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, if you got a men's basketball team and there's 12 to 15 guys on it that come from different backgrounds and different walks of life, um, and have had different experiences, they're probably not going to all take to the same type of leadership and coaching, all of like the specific of, of what's going to get them motivated and get them to give their best in practice and, and be a good teammate. So I think there's, it's kind of tiered. So there's like that overall leadership for a team where you got to have that like common voice of, of how you bring everybody together as a collective group. Um, but for me, I, I feel like there's that next tier down below that's really about the emotional side of it. And how can you then kind of break everybody off into their own micro group or or just individual and say, well, what do I need to do to Colin to to help motivate him? What's my best way of communicating with Colin and, and what's going to really resonate with him based on you know who I know he is as an individual, how he shows up on the court, how he prepares, um, what's going on in his life right now? How can I dive in and go below that surface level of like rah rah, like let's get people stoked to go to go play? How can I how can I really know this individual and have conversations with them that I know that'll stimulate them to then want to go out and be the best that they can be? Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's kind of cliche, but there's definitely not a one size fits all when it comes to leadership. And Spot I think you, totally. yeah, you hit it on the nail. There's so many different personalities, so many different, everybody's at a different point in life. So to try to do one thing and hope it's going to work for everybody is probably not in the best practice and definitely something that, you know, I talk about with the different leaders that I interact with and, you know, that we 
try to work through if it's a challenge or if it's an issue and everything. But I want to go back to, I think you unlocked something really interesting when you talked about that opportunity that you got to play basketball and you called it, you know, your shot to play, no pun intended. And (laughs) (laughs) it's really interesting to me because this can be pertaining to anything in life. There's a lot of times where people are thinking about you know, doing something that may seem a little extreme, may seem a little crazy, trying something different. And all we want is that one shot. But I think that there needs to be, I, I think in, this is where I want you to jump in and explain a little bit more. Coach did not just give you a shot because you asked him to you know, try out for the basketball team. You put in some work. There was, there had to be something else in that experience that you had as the team manager the year before and everything that said, okay, Joe is good for the team. He's got some skills. Let's give him a shot, see what happens. And I think where people get caught up a lot, and this can be you know, in the job market, this can be what, whatever they're trying to do, they think, you know, hey, why not me? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, why not you? But if you haven't actually shown that yeah. you can handle the responsibility and the opportunity, why should somebody else give you that opportunity? Because ultimately it was on coaches. You know, it was coaches' decision to Coach Evans to give you that opportunity. And it was it would fall back on him if you were a detriment at all to the team or anything like that. It's the same thing hiring decisions being made in business and in life. So I'd love to learn more about what you think got you to that point where you were able to get that opportunity. Like, was there anything in your work ethic? Was there anything in the relationship that you built with coach? Because I think that advice and that experience can really help people who are looking to make some type of transition or to make some type of leap into something new. Totally. I, so in the moment, I definitely wasn't aware of this, but now looking back, I would say that it it took a long time to get there. And I think today, you know, I'm so guilty of this and a lot of us do this, but we want that sh- short-term gratification. Mm-hmm. We want things now, right? Like sure. we, we, we think that we want to start a business and we want it to be making X amount of money tomorrow sure. or you know, with the social media today, we want a certain amount of followers. And if we get there, then we're going to be happy. And, and then everything's going to be amazing. But it's just not how things work. And it's so cliche to say, but, you know, everybody talks about the journey and embracing the journey and that the reward is in the journey. And it is true, you know, as cliche as it is, you know, that's where it's at. And I think with with that experience, specifically in college with basketball, when I had transferred back my junior year that fall, I actually tried out for the team and I got cut. So there was a handful of guys that held an open tryout. I had been playing with some other guys that were looking to, to take a spot on the team with uh, like open gym and stuff like that um, for a couple of weeks prior to the tryout and um, showed up to the tryout, um, gave it everything that I have had and then they ended up taking a freshman. Um, who then actually later ended up transferring, which actually could have possibly been the spot that I took the next year, which is funny. But I think to talk about what you said, like, was there something that they saw in me or is there something that I was a vibe that I was giving off? I think it was possibly a combination of both of them. Um, I was definitely giving off the vibe that, you know, I was here to work hard and, and to give my best every day and that I was willing to show up and do that. And then also I think that, you know, the getting cut and not making it was another small level of adversity. Um, But then I actually was the one who asked them if there was anything that I could help out with the team. So I think that, and I have no idea, um, but I think that might have shown them that, you know, man, this kid really wants to be involved. Mm -hmm. He just tried out, he didn't make it, but he must be really passionate about this or or maybe he enjoys, you know, just the game and being around it and being around his his friends. Because I had a lot of buddies who were on the team, and I think that it might have just said said something or spoke to them that although I did experience that little bit of adversity, I still wanted to be a part of the program and just to be able to be around 
the game. So um, I don't know exactly, but um, that's kind of now looking back the, the perspective that I have that I was giving something off and, and they, they might have been seeing something. They ultimately made the choice. But it was just about showing up every day and continuing to work and get better and try to give my best um, and not kind of getting down in the dumps or, or letting that adversity, adversity hold me back from, from continuing to push forward. So definitely not short-term gratification, but looking back, it, it was, you know, the long haul of just of just the grind of, of, of doing it and in continuing to pursue what it is that you love and, and what you want to achieve with things. So to recap, you and Michael Jordan have something in common. You both got cut from your basketball teams. <laughs> we're the same, actually. <laughs> the same person. And that's probably where we're going to talk about next is my NBA career. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your shoe deal, the owner Man. of the, an NBA franchise. You have a lot to look forward to. Steph Curry who? What? <laughs> but seriously, to recap that, I think you made a really good point about the – immediacy that people want results these days and how, I mean, essentially you took an internship to get to the point where you were actually on the team and a participant on the team. So I think for people to, you know, who are listening to this and maybe in a position where they're, I think the the message is go find the experience, whether you can get the actual hands-on experience through an internship an apprenticeship if you can find a mentorship from somebody who can give you some experience. But I think if you're looking to try something new or you're looking to keep building on something that you're already doing and you want to get to that next level, you can't just expect that it's going to happen just because it's something that you want. You actually have to make the effort. And I think that's what you've proven. Totally. Yeah. I think that there's always a way to be involved. You know, if you truly want to do something, and you want to see something through. As we said, the journey isn't going to go exactly how it, how you have it planned out in your mind. But there's always a way to be involved. So although I wasn't able to play my junior year, I was still around the game. Mm-hmm. I was still at the rec center and playing intramurals. Um, I was able to, to manage and, and do my part and, and have that role. But there's, there's you know, harder levels of adversity that people go through, whether it's, you know, maybe it's a career ending injury when it comes to sports Mm -hmm. and they're not able to play the game that they love anymore. Um, and they're sidelined forever. Um, that's, that's real adversity. That's, that's tough. And you know, that, that type of scenario can definitely be shown in many other parts of life, but for the sake of sports, you know, you could, if you wanted to be a manager or at the professional level, you know, coach or, or have a position in the front office, whatever it is that you want to do. So I don't think, I think if you have true passion for something, you're willing to pivot if you have to. And if you truly love something, you're willing to just try to be involved in any way that you can. And um, just because it, it's, it's something that you really, you really enjoy and, and you want to be a part of your life and you can't imagine waking up and it not being a part of your life. I want to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, Sweat With Stods, and their Hit The Gym program. The new program that's great for people who go to the gym but are looking for a plan to follow. Hit The Gym is one month of six workouts per week, three HIT workouts, and three strength workouts designed to help you build strength and sculpt your body. The program comes as a downloadable PDF with supplemental videos that demo each move so you don't have to be an expert to do it. I personally do workouts created by Sweat With Stods, and you can do these workouts too by going to sweatwithstods.com and clicking on Hit The Gym. My listeners can also get a discount by entering the promo code CCP. Instead of $40, this program is only $30. What can you do with $30 in 30 days? And now back to the pod. So you've had quite a few different experiences and quite a few successes, challenges, moments of adversity, moments of resilience, putting that all together. If you had to define success and what that meant to you, what does that sound like? What does that look like in your head? Man, that's an awesome question. Success. I think that success is 
is being able to wake up each morning and live in the pursuit of what you love and what you're passionate about and being able to, with that passion, serve and help others in a way that benefits them and helps them in their lives. And I think being able to do all of that surrounded by, you know, family and friends and the people that you love is, uh, is what success would be for me. And what I, what I like about that is that it can change, you know, it's not fixed on, on an end result. Sure. You know, I can take that same mentality. My passions, you know, have changed over the years and I'm sure 20 years from now, because I now have, you know, a beautiful one week today, old daughter, (laughs) um, I'm going to have new passions because I'm going to experience new things based on what she loves and Mm -hmm. how, you know, she's living her life. So I think that same mentality I can take with, with many different things about just waking up every day, giving my best, pursuing what I love in that moment and doing it to hopefully help someone else, um, but doing it with the people that I love around me and, and, and just having them on the journey too. Absolutely. That's an awesome definition. Really, really like that. Now, I took us away from the travel abroad and Team Gleese <laughs> and everything that you did there. So I want to fast forward back okay. to that point in your life and talk to us about, you know, a little bit more about that experience, maybe some of the additional things that you learned and essentially bridge it over to how you got to creating Get Living. Sure. So as I mentioned, um, my partner, Lindsay, is the um, founder of Team Gleese. And at the time, we were actually traveling to different universities and college campuses around the country. This was in 2013. So like the fall of 2013, I was about a year and change out of college. And um, we were actually going to like career fairs specific for college athletes. So the only people attending were athletes. So for her business and her demographic, that was a perfect place to be. Um, so we would go and, and we would be a part of the fair and we would talk about Team Gleese and the, the opportunities that, that they provided. And at the time, um, she was only sending student athletes from the States to the UK. So she has partnerships with schools in the UK and she was sending kids over there to continue to play um, collegiate sports abroad and then also get a master's degree. And during that journey of um, traveling to different schools and talking to different athletes, as I mentioned, the opportunity to go to Australia popped up and she was like, hey, it's yours if you want it. And I jumped on it. So because I was able to play that year in college, I then had the opportunity to go and play there. And um, I got my master's, as I mentioned, in international business. I went to Macquarie University, which is about 10 miles or so outside of Sydney. And um, man, it was it was incredible. It was, as I said, a life-changing experience. The people I met, the things that I was able to do and experience, um, you know, I went skydiving for the first time there, traveling to different places. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And I guess to kind of fast forward a bit, at the time, prior to going, I had left um, the job that I had taken out of college. And I had some before knowing I was going to go, I was trying to kind of figure out what I was going to do next. And I knew that I wanted to be in health and fitness and that I had a passion for um, that type of lifestyle. So I got my first personal training degree at that time. And then I was actually looking to get my master's, but I was going to stay in the States and do something like, you know, exercise science or strength and conditioning or um, nutrition And then when this opportunity came, I couldn't pass it up. Um, But the school that I went to actually didn't have any degrees within those fields. And when it came to Get Living, Get Living actually started while I was still working at my first job. And it was really a way to share my passion for health and wellness. And this was back when, man, this was in, in... early 
probably spring 2013, um, summer 2013, when Instagram and stuff like that wasn't really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were kind of, you know, there were no influencers or people making tons of money off Instagram. It was just people sharing photos um, of, of what they were doing and, you know, food they were eating, whatever. So I just started posting like some workouts that I was doing. And I started sharing some foods and recipes, and I found that I really loved it. Um, well, long story short, with the opportunity to move abroad, I actually kind of shelved um, the personal training and fitness stuff in terms of pursuing it because I had so much going on while I was there. And the experience in Australia definitely shifted me as an individual and my mindset and how I thought. And the next step for Get Living was I actually started a blog while I was living in Australia and because I had met so many incredible people and, and it was, you know, people that I wanted to remember and I wanted to remember things that I was doing. Um, I actually kind of took the name, get living and used it as the name of that blog. But I started just sharing stories of, of people that inspired me in order to help inspire other people to get out and just start, start crushing it and start living their best life and, you know, you actually shared one of your a story on there, which was was amazing about your journey. And I did that for a while. And, and it was something that I really liked. But and I've also done a couple other things with the brand over time, just as I was growing as an individual and what interested me. But at the end of the day, I, I've really um, circled back to that that passion for health and wellness. Now it, it it's really um, turned back into that personal brand of living a healthy lifestyle and thinking positively and living with passion, living with purpose and, um, you know, waking up each day and trying to make the most of each day. It's funny how, how things come full circle and now it's, it's back to how, you know, things had started. But through that journey, I learned so much that I got so much clarity Mm -hmm. on, on what I wanted things to be and, and how I wanted to spend my days and live my life. So I definitely wouldn't change, you know, any part of that over the past past couple of years. Just another great example of, as you mentioned earlier, the journey and how yeah. things have changed and evolved and even went back to what they were. Mm-hmm. You know, things that you could have never predicted four years ago, five years ago now, when you first started this journey and you just learn from it. It doesn't mean that it was wasted time, but it's part of you know the 76ers. It's trust the process. That's it. And everything. Who, so with this rendition of Get Living, who yep. is the target audience? Who are the type of people that you're trying to help live this healthy, healthy, positive, and purposeful life? Totally. So with Get Living now, as I mentioned, it's really just my, my personal brand. And, in, and my aim for it is, is just to be able to, through my own experiences, um, through health and wellness, um, being able to share them with other people to hopefully in some way just be able to inspire or guide them in a way to live that healthy, positive and purposeful life. So the demographic really, you know, it's not too specific at this point. It's really just anybody that's that's looking to get started and to get involved or, or looking for, for positive energy to, to get out and pursue what it is that they want to do. Um, so back to that participant mentality that my parents, you know, instilled in me, what does a healthy lifestyle look like for you or you know, how are you thinking on a daily basis? What are you passionate about? What's your purpose? Just getting people to to think for them how they want to show up every day and, and live their life. Um, so it's really, like I said, become that personal brand for me and, and how I kind of live my life. And, and I just hope to be able to, you know, through what I do, possibly um, help someone else on their journey in any way that I can. Um, but from a business standpoint, and this actually evolved through get living through the coaching and training um, that I've done in different gyms and, and whatnot um, and on my own over the years. Um, I actually recently um, this year started what's called the 30 program, which from a demographic standpoint is very specific. It's just a simple and accessible fitness program that's actually designed specifically for busy men. Um, and it was, it was inspired by at the time for me when I put it together, just spending a lot of time in the gym and, you know, working out and I feel like kind of wasting a lot of time when you go to the gym to, to take a class or to train, 
Um, if it's an hour session, two hour session, you also have the commute to the gym and your shower and your recovery and all that goes into that. So it ends up taking up a good chunk of your day. And for me, becoming a new dad and the journey over the past nine months, I knew that when Sydney was born that I wanted to be able to maintain my consistency with fitness. And in order to do that, in order to be the best dad you know, that I could be for her and, and to show up for my partner, Lindsay, I wasn't going to be able to spend hours and hours in the gym. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want her to be born and for me to feel frustrated or get annoyed because I wasn't doing, wasn't able to do that. So early, early on in the pregnancy, I, I made this decision to want to shift my perspective on fitness and really dive deeper into you know, what fitness meant to me and what health meant to me and, and how I wanted to eat and move and train and think on a daily basis. So I really just started to adopt this more mindful approach to, to exercise and, and nutrition and, and how I was living. So I put the program together because I wanted a level of accountability and to be able to do it around um, other men who may be in similar situations. So whether they you know, are new dads or becoming a dad, they could be a business owner, travel a ton for work. Um, I wanted to create something that was simple and accessible where they could just go out and hit their workout wherever they are. Um, a huge part of that program is the fact that um, there's no equipment involved. So all of the workouts are body weight. They all take 30 minutes from start to finish. And within that 30-minute workout, you're getting a dynamic warm-up, a 20-minute body weight workout, um, a cool down, and then we end every 30 workout with a mindfulness exercise in order to just reboot and reset before getting involved and then getting into the rest of your day with whatever you're going to do. So that, from a business standpoint, is where all of my focus goes right now in terms of programming for that putting everything together for the workouts and the PDFs and the videos that I send out to the group and um, being within the group, we call it the 30 crew and being that leader and coach and motivator and, you know, holding everybody accountable and thinking about ways, you know, how can I grow and scale it? How can I get more men involved? And then, you know, what are brands that I can partner with potentially um, that they're de we have similar demographics. So there's some carryover in between um, what we can, um, you know, how we can add value to each other. But then more importantly, how we can add value to the men in my group who are also um, their demographic that they're trying to serve. So, like I said, from a business standpoint, that's where basically most of my days are spent right now or um, are trying to take that to the next level and, and kind of see through the vision that, that I have for it now that we're in 2019 and in the new year. Awesome. And I think that's so important to find. There's so many people out there, whether they have children or they have a busy working lifestyle or they just have, for whatever reason, trouble fitting you know, even 30 minutes into their day for physical activity. I think it's so important for them to know that there are programs out there that work uh, my wife programs a lot of things that are very similar to the way that you do it. And I do her workouts. So I can at least say from a personal standpoint that those type of programs do work. I mean, people may be thinking, ah, oh, 30 minutes, like what can you really do? They're used to, like you said, spending hours in the gym and seeing the results from that and everything. But you really can get a lot done in 30 minutes, you know, doing the dynamic warmups, doing the workout, everything that you mentioned. So I think that's yep. a really cool program that you have set up and, definitely something people should look into if they have that busy lifestyle and they're looking to incorporate something different, especially for the new year here uh, into their own lives. One more quick break. I want to talk about my second sponsor, Taylor Digital. Taylor Digital is a virtual design company that helps solopreneurs get established online with a cohesive image so they can feel more confident in their business. Taylor Digital offers branding, social media design, and Squarespace website design. My website, www.talent409.com, that was done by Taylor Digital. She's awesome. It's not going to look girly if you're a guy. Don't worry about that. But if you are a girl and you want it to look girly, she can do that for you too. Go to taylordigital.com to set up your free consultation today. And that's Taylor, T-A-Y-L-A-R. I didn't name her. Her parents did. And now back to the pod. 
Uh, I have a couple more things here before I let you go. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is you have four pillars listed on your website, health, mindset, passion, and inspire. Talk to us about you know, where those pillars came from. Obviously, they're the foundation of not only your business, but I'm sure your personal values. Where do they come from? What do they mean to you? Talk to us a little bit more about that. Sure. I think when I think about for me as an individual, you know, what I want to focus on each day when I wake up, those four pillars for me, it could change for everybody, are, are what come to mind. Um, health, as we've talked about, you know, with sports and being an athlete and, you know, having a passion for, for fitness and health and helping others in that, that area, um, I think it's huge. I think when you can have a consistent and simple uh, movement practice, whether you do yoga or you lift weights or you're a runner or you just like to get the family out and walk every night for 20 minutes in the neighborhood, I think having a way to move your body and sweat and feel those endorphins and really disconnect and detach from your other roles and responsibilities that you have in life, whether it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you're able to fit in with your schedule, I think that's massive. And then on top of that, you talked about with leadership, you know, finding what works for you and there's no one size fits all approach. I think with with health, finding a way that you can fuel your body that you enjoy and that makes you feel just amazing and gives you the energy you need not to go be a professional athlete or, you know, PR your marathon, but to have that energy to be the best partner or parent or son or business owner or friend or community leader, whatever roles that you have, having that consistent health practice and then fueling your body in a way that works for you um, to be able to show up every day and, and give your best and, and be the best for the other people that you care about and you serve in your life. And then mindset for me is huge. I think that, you know, they talk a, a big thing right now is mental health and, and all the things that surround that. And I think that just having that underlying level of, of belief and positivity and being able to be mindful and aware of your thoughts and really understanding that your thoughts aren't who you are. Just because a thought goes through your mind, that doesn't mean that you have to identify it or that's who you have to be. So being able to every day, just even through adversity or with whatever you have going on, being able to think positively about what you're doing and who you are and in your life in general, I think is, is just, it's massive. In a lot of ways, I think it's, it's everything. Being able to control your thoughts and, 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 and taking that positive mindset um, wherever you go, I think that people can feed off that. And it's kind of that ripple effect of, of positivity. And then passion and, and purpose are really just finding what it is that you love. What is something that fires you up? It gets you out of bed. You can't stop thinking about it. You know, if there's only one thing that you could do in your life, what would it be? Why is it so important to you? And then understanding if you're not pursuing it or it's not something that you're doing, why aren't you? From a mindset standpoint, you know, are there self-limiting beliefs and fears that are holding you back? Um, and if you are pursuing it, how can you then, to the last pillar, inspire? How can you take what you love and what you're passionate about and how can you turn it into something? It doesn't have to be a business, but how can you share that passion and purpose with someone else mm -hmm. or a group of people in order to potentially inspire them or encourage them to get out and, and find what they love and, um, you know, do what they're passionate about as well? Absolutely. And as we wrap up this conversation today, is there anything coming up with Get Living that you're excited for or any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Um, anything coming up. So I'm a part of a, um, a panel in a couple of weeks. It's on February 2nd in Rochester. And I'm pretty sure it's open to the public. Um, it's kind of like a health and wellness fair. It's all about like loving yourself and self-love and living a healthy lifestyle. 
Um, so I'm pretty excited to be able to uh, join the other people that are on the panel and, and just speak about a lot of, of what we just talked about. And then we actually, I just rolled out the um, 30 program for 2019. So that started on January 1st of this year. And I'm really excited about that because um, I shifted the model going into the new year. Uh, prior to 2019, I was running monthly programs. So they had a specific start and end date and the program would run for 30 days. Um, but going into the new year, I've actually, I've implemented more of a membership model. So people can join whenever they want and they can just pick right up um, with whatever that specific day's workout is. So every week you get five, five workouts and um, it doesn't matter what day you start. You can jump right in with the crew and, and just get involved. And really the, you know, with, with the program, the purpose of it, as I mentioned, is to create a simple and accessible program for men. But more importantly, it's about creating a greater community of men that are there every day, pushing each other, motivating each other, holding each other accountable um, to our fitness and our health and the goals that we have within that and within the group. But more importantly, just in life outside of fitness. So with the four pillars I mentioned, just encouraging people to get out and live the healthy, positive and and purposeful lives and and just be the best and just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get all that information, including the panel uh, event that you mentioned, website, any contact information. I'll get all that information rounded up for you. We'll put that in the show notes. So if anybody's interested in uh, participating in that event or just getting in touch with you about the 30 program or they just want to chat, uh, we can provide that information for them. So we will get that round that up with you. I actually have one last quick thing here and then we will let you go. This show is called Dynamic Leaders and at Talent 409 we identify dynamic leaders as individuals who create opportunities for success on and off the field. So whether that's while they're actually participating in athletics or it's life after sports, someone quite honestly who fits the profile of someone like you uh, you would fit that profile. That's why you're on the show. Can you think of anybody in your own life who you know, fits that dynamic leadership model and somebody that you want to just give a quick shout out to? Yeah, the, actually, the first person that came to mind is is someone who's been on the podcast and is a mutual friend of ours is um, our buddy, Bobby Audley, okay. who we grew up with. And, and now Bobby does incredible work in, in college athletics about um, – living your life and being a active participant on your sporting team and leading with energy and from the heart and all that you do. Um, I would love to shout, shout Bobby out. He's, he's a good friend. He has helped me in many ways in my life and in the things that I'm doing. And I always love when, when we're able to catch up and talk about what we have going on, but um, definitely check out Bobby and the stuff that he's doing. Um, he's an incredible guy. I just, I just think he's a great dude. And I, I know from experience and us talking together that the work that he's doing is having a really profound impact on the teams that they're able to get in front of. So if you, you know, if you're a coach or an athletic director, or you're involved with, with sporting at the collegiate level in any ways, Bobby is, is an incredible guy to, to have come speak to your team and, and hop, talk to them about, you know, leading with energy and, and leading and living from the heart. Absolutely. Bobby's hashtag energy is everything is yeah, one, of, one of my favorite things about him, but he is a great person, definitely a dynamic leader. And you, sir, Joe Connor, you are a dynamic leader yourself. I really appreciate you taking some time here today, taking some time to you know talk about your journey and everything with Get Living. We wish you the best of luck with that, uh, with you know the new lifestyle as a dad and everything. I'm sure it's going to be uh, exciting and interesting as you go through the different journeys, but really appreciate you taking some time here. And, and again, wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, grateful for the opportunity. Look forward to be able to, to listen to it once it's out, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's a wrap on the first podcast of 2019. Thanks again to Joe O'Connor for jumping on the pod. If you enjoyed this pod or any of the podcast episodes, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate it as loyal listeners. Next week, we're back with another guest, so stay tuned for that. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sweat With Stots and Taylor Digital. 
And until next time, take it easy. Just find a place and play your hand